Welcome to the Launch Angle Podcast, hosted by Drew Jarmas and James Lesh. In this week's episode, we sat down and chatted with our first guest, Mike Berlados, aka Wandering Bus Dude. Mike is a graduate of Westchester University, where he studied finance and economics. Upon graduation, he accepted a job with the prestigious investment management company, BlackRock. Mike was moving along at BlackRock until the start of the pandemic in 2020, when the loss of his grandfather and some pandemic-induced loneliness and unhappiness came to a head. Mike decided to take a brief two-week vacation to get away, which turned into a long-lasting journey of growth and discovery, where he walked away from his six-figure job to roam the country in his modified school bus. In this conversation, Mike was kind enough to recount this journey and discuss some of his insights on introspection-led growth, finding your own North Star, and a life of minimalism, and much more. James and I are really happy with how this first guest appearance turned out, and we're really excited for for you to hear all of the wonderful wisdom that Mike has to share. To complement the show, James put together comprehensive show notes, which you can receive free of charge by subscribing to our Substack newsletter, which is linked in the description. If you like this episode, feel free to share it with a friend or loved one, and give our show a rating on the platform where you stream podcasts. We had a lot of fun creating today's podcast and hope that you enjoy it. So without further ado, let's get to the show. All right, we're back. This is episode, I believe, nine now, right, Drew? Ten, actually. Ten. Yeah, there we go. The weeks, are, the weeks are flying by. We were just talking about how we can't believe that we've done this now for, yeah, over two months so, um, so yeah, episode 10. And today we actually have our first guest, uh, Mike Berlodos, aka Wandering Bus Dude on Instagram. And uh, we wanted to get Mike on as the first guest for a few reasons. Uh, one, Drew and I just kind of have a rapport with him already. You'll uh, kind of learn we, we both know Mike um, from previous, from college, and then, and then Drew actually for, for a bit longer um, back, back in high school. Um, but Mike's story is uh, incredible. He's an incredible person, and we're really honored to have him on as, as our first guest. Thank you guys so much. It is an honor to be here. Um, it's so cool to see kind of life come full circle in a way where, yeah, I went to high school with Drew and got to know you, James, in, in college. And I feel like uh, it's just this is what makes life so cool. You know, years later, we're still staying connected. James, we've had some awesome conversations throughout the years, just check-ins on phone. And it's just, yeah, I'm super excited to be here and, and to talk with you guys. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no, Mike, you, you've been sort of sort of like an elder statesman in my life. You've got a lot of, a lot of wisdom and uh, excited for you to, to share that with more people today. Um, obviously, Drew and I know your story pretty well, but for those listening who don't know you, Let's just go all the way back to to the beginning where your story begins. Um, in my head, I think that story begins kind of right after college, but maybe um, you can pick the starting place for that and just kind of take us to where you're at now. Yeah, absolutely. So it's been, you know, my story is defined through just years and years of just kind of discovering who I am. You know, I feel like my childhood and, and you know, growing up has all planted the seed into the individual that I am today. You know, I've been blessed with, you know, two amazing parents that raised me and um, just 
gave me the head that I have on my shoulder today. And so, you know, my, my story is unique, uh, but also at the end of the day, it's just me following my path of finding my own happiness. And yes, it is a little bit unconventional, but to think back uh, with just all of the progress that I've made, um, both on a, you know, career, spiritually, mentally, physically, um, you know, I wouldn't want it any other way. And so it's really, really hard to encapsulate, um, you know, the whole story. And I don't want to, um, you know, spend a bunch of time with it. But, you know, it's, it's, you know, I'm 27 now. And honestly, it's 27 years of just kind of making me into the person that I am today. And so, you know, going uh, back, you know, the outdoors and traveling and just getting outside of my four corners of of life growing up was definitely a priority within the family. Um, you know, I, I grew to love traveling as I grew older, uh, with just an appreciation of different culture and what it um, did to me, both, you know, as a person and, and growing as an individual, like, you know, I grew up camping, uh, I grew up kind of spending time in the outdoors with my family. And so that really planted the seed as to kind of what my life looks like now. And, you know, Growing up, you know, I was not um, the, I would say I was definitely wasn't the best student, but I always felt like I had a really good uh, head on my shoulders on regards to kind of just like the emotional intelligence, right? Like we always measure, measure uh, IQ, but I always felt like I really excelled in the EQ part uh, with just kind of the relationships that I've made over the years and just how I was able to kind of progress in my career and, and work environment. Like that was my part of my life where I felt like, uh, really excelled me. And so in school, um, you know, school is always a priority. But again, I wasn't coming home with, you know, straight A's and all that. So uh, I went to Westchester, uh, I got a dual degree in, in finance and economics. And yeah, it was I'm super grateful for that experience. You know, I would say I never loved the college experience. Um, you know, I always say it served a purpose in my life. Like, that's always kind of what I say. Like, yeah, it served its purpose. It, you know, it taught me a little bit to, you know, to be more disciplined. I met some amazing people. Um, but I also was like, I'm a, to be honest, I'm like an old soul. And, you know, college for me, was just kind of like, I felt like I fit in, but also didn't feel like I fit in and to try to find opportunities where I, you know, could succeed. And so, you know, that's how I got to meet you, James, was through Pike and, you know, Pike never in a million years would I have ever thought that I would, you know, join a fraternity. But, once I started seeing, you know, the fraternity as like a leadership opportunity and just being able to kind of pour into other people's lives, that's where I was able to be like, wow, this is actually like a really awesome opportunity. And so, um, yeah, joined Pike, you know, I was the treasurer and I felt like I gained a lot of respect through a lot of people by just kind of um, showing it through my actions and just being someone that, you know, people can come to uh, with any type of situations that they had. And so I graduated college, got my degree. And so like any other college student, what's the next goal? If you're looking for the job that has the biggest paycheck, the biggest benefits, and that is aligned with your career field. And so I was blessed enough to get a job at one of the most prestigious financial firms in the world at BlackRock. And, um, you know, I was, to be honest, BlackRock coming from Westchester, you know, I was, I was definitely, BlackRock was out of my league. But I just remember like really crushing the interviews and again, not really relying on that IQ, but just like the EQ. Like, and I think that is really, uh, something that a lot of people um, don't really take into account. And honestly, that's the one thing that's propelled me so much from even just like where I'm at now. And that's why I'm kind of discussing it. Um, but, 
Yeah, got a job at BlackRock. You know, I definitely felt like it was just the best opportunity for me. I got all of my financial licenses to be able to sell securities. Um, and I spent four years at the firm. And, um, you know, uh, COVID kind of gave me, well, that's like everyone in life, a lot of perspective. And I had just moved down as kind of a culture carrier to our brand new Atlanta office in July, excuse me, of January in 2020. So right before COVID. And I remember having to travel into the Manhattan office for a while. And then we found out that COVID had happened and that it was becoming more and more apparent. And that, um, yeah, it was something to monitor. So I go back to Atlanta. I moved to the city with no friends or family around. And I struggled. I really struggled mentally. You know, I'm an extrovert. I get my energy off from other people. Um, I need to be around uh, other people. And so I was living in a one-bedroom apartment. I lost my grandfather in COVID. And I just remember being like, man, like, life is short. Is this how I want to be living my life? And I kind of felt like I always had this like zest and uh, for adventure and always kind of like I always thought that I would take at some point like a year-long sabbatical away from work where I would just kind of remove myself and really just immerse myself uh, in other parts of the world. I just never had the guts to do it. I it was always like this tug of war in my heart and I'll saw later later and then COVID presented this opportunity where I was like wow like this is you know obviously COVID is the real deal you know what something that I can do that's safe number one but also uh, where I can kind of have a little bit of that adventure part. And so I had two good friends that were working for Apple on the road. And so uh, this is in the middle of COVID. And I'm like, well, if they can work for Apple on the road, then I could most likely swing working, you know, my financial job on the road. And so I literally, I kid you not, I got, I, I, I thought I was going to leave for like two weeks and, um, and come back home and, and just kind of, you know, get a little taste of adventure and come back. Um, you know, and so I left my Atlanta apartment with literally like milk in the fridge, you know, like, like as if I was literally coming back within a week or so. And I got into my car and I headed out west with no plan, nothing. And I met my two friends that were working for Apple on the road. We were working in coffee shops. Uh, and, you know, again, this is like really hard to encapsulate because there's just like so much that goes into kind of like where I'm at today. Um, but long story short, like I fell in love with the simplicity of the road. I fell in love with the travel. I fell in love that I was meeting new people from all walks of life outside of my bubble. As Drew knows, we grew up in a very wealthy area where it was just a bubble. Like it is an absolute bubble. And I am blessed to have that. And I'm, and, but also it really does shape your perspective. And, um, you know, being able to just get out there and experience life in a whole new way was so fruitful. It was, I found out, I learned so much about myself. I felt like this was, you know, freedom. And it, I was experiencing freedom on like a whole new level. And, um, you know, it took me a year of just being on the road and a lot of introspective work uh, for me to then have the decision of, do I go back to the corporate life and the financial you know, life or do I continue to follow my own path? And ultimately, I was faced with the decision of having to pick because people were coming back into the office and, you know, I was making leaving. I would have grossed one hundred and forty thousand dollars, you know, and it's, you know, do I still have moments where I'm like, wow, like, could I really use that money? Yes. But also, like, if money is your North Star, then I feel like that is a very sad way to live your life. And I didn't want 
that to be the reason because, you know, I would list out pros and cons lists and most of the pros was more of just like a safety net and prestige and the money and all the other would BS that actually really doesn't matter. So, um, it was a big tug of war. I ended up having to, uh, you know, say my goodbyes, uh, which was hard, but also I, when you know, deep down, like I'm very, um, gut driven where my like intuition leads me. And, uh, you know, some people really think with like their head or like a lot of like analytical, like I'm very like gut driven. And, um, and so, you know, I just, I knew, I knew that I couldn't go back. And so, you know, that was June of last year. And since then I've kind of been on, you know, quite a different unique path as well, working in startups. Now I'm in a health and wellness start- startup that I am so excited for. Um, and yeah, I, uh, again, I don't know how to encapsulate it. Uh, I feel like, you know, I didn't even, you know, get to share this, but like now I live in a bus. And so like, I've kind of changed the whole landscape of how I'm living. Um, and you know, I'm all about filling my life with good experiences and, and, um, that's kind of like my, my why in a way, uh, of like why I've been able to do all of this stuff because I really, at the end of the day, like, I just want to focus on like a life well lived and, um, not that experiences are everything. Right. But, um, my biggest the thing that scares me the most is when I get to that moment in life where I'm older or on my deathbed or whatever, and you look back and life flashes in front of you and you go, and did I live a life that I was truly capable of living? Am I actually proud of this life? Do I have regrets? And so that was honestly the scariest part for me that enabled me to make some of those bold decisions. It's just like, I don't want to live life with regret. The older that I get, it's going to be harder to kind of withdraw, right? As my responsibilities increase, as uh, as I have a partner and kids and all that and a house and more financial stress, like to be able to make those decisions become harder and harder. And so I believe your 20s are all about trying different things, being a sponge, learning as much as you can through other people, through getting in different hobbies, right? Like learn as much as you can so that, you know, as you get older, you know, you feel like you're well equipped to kind of take on whatever that is. And and um, all of this has just been a lot of introspective work, a lot of solitude, a lot of times of just like journaling and kind of really, you know, um, refocusing and all that so a little bit of jumbled story but it's just really hard to kind of share because it's been like three years in the making and I'm still kind of writing my own life story um but yeah that's a little bit about me yeah Mike absolutely thank you so much for for recapping as best you can I mean we, we both know it's it's yeah your story is uh you know it's it's massive and it's also ever evolving um I kind of want to come back to something you said about just now actually uh, about it just kind of being a lot of introspective work and it sounds like that introspective work really started you know once you you hit the road and you started having new experiences is there uh i guess a moment when this this all kind of crystallized for you that you know this was the path you needed to go down and you needed to leave this this other life that you had, or was it more fluid than that? Like, I, I guess, could you speak more to um, kind of how you you came to that decision and kind of what the feelings were like in that moment? Obviously, like hindsight's always twenty twenty. You, you now you yeah. can say like it was the best decision I made, but in yeah. the moment, like how how difficult was that, and kind of what did you do to uh, to get to that decision where where you had like conviction about it? 
Yeah, that's a that's a wonderful question because I try to be so because I know a lot of people are actually struggling with that, um, you know, on a global scale and people that also just like work incredibly hard and whatever. And I always said I want to be someone that Michael needed when he was going through that. And so, like, you know, with me having an Instagram, a lot of the stuff that you're going to see is are words that I could have used when I was going through the midst of this, because I know so many people struggle with kind of finding an outlet or kind of finding like, you know, they're doing something because, you know, their parents told them to do it or because it's like the societal norms. Right. But I just want people to acknowledge and to that, like life will be okay, no matter what decision you choose, because there's no such thing as failure. There's only lessons. And, you know, my biggest thing is like, what's the worst thing that can happen. Right. And so, to be honest, like it was a very fluid, it was very fluid. You know, it, like I said, it took me like a year of tug of war in my heart to acknowledge that I needed to make a change. And I also like, I am, I can tend to be impulsive and that is a blessing and a curse, um, where sometimes that being impulsive, uh, leads me down a path of like, oh, holy crap. Or, or sometimes it can lead me down a really awesome kind of more just like, oh, I'll go with the flow. Everything will work out. And so for me being super impulsive, I'm really glad that I spent a year of just like tug of war. And I think that is credited to being alone and getting away from the noise of life. Because constantly we are bombarded with noise of the, you know, someone, person that we should be, right? Or, you know, you go on Instagram and you see all these like, get rich quick schemes and all the power and the esteem, whatever. And it's like, culturally, it's like, that's what's projected, right? Like got to have, you know, the huge house, whatever. And all that, I want to say like to each their own, like there's nothing wrong with that. But if that not, if that isn't aligned to your North star, then you have to figure out ways to figure out what you truly want out of this life. And so that for me, it took, being alone, journaling, a lot of thinking on the road, but also I just go back to my happiness, right? Like put all of that aside, put the money, put everything aside, right? What's probably the biggest thing that people want out of this life to be happy, right? And whatever, which shape or form that is. And so I would be like, well, dude, where are you happier? You've been struggling for X amount of years at BlackRock trying to pretend that you're happy, trying to pretend that the next promotion and the six figure salary will make you happy. And then you get to that moment and it's, you're just not like, it's just not what it, what it's sought out to be. So then I'm just like, dude, where are you happier? Where can you be the best friend, the best brother, the best son, the best partner? What is the environment that you're in? And I, and, and for me, it was like, I am happier continuously living this life. And also, I realized that through living a life of simplicity, that I didn't need all of that money, right? And so as maybe later on, as I grow and as if I had kids and you know, a house, yes, money will be much more of something that will be a focus. But for right now, when I was making that decision at 25 years old, I had been investing in the markets. I essentially had trimmed all of my expenses. I, um, you know, I got rid of my brand new Jeep Grand Cherokee, Jeep Grand Cherokee. I sublet my apartment. Like I moved to a lot of pieces of my life around to be able to get me to where I'm at today. So that's been very fluid. 
but at the end of the day, what became much, much more black and white was where are you happier? Where can you be the best Michael Perlottis? And that was through choosing my own path and leaving the safety net. And you mentioned um, really simplifying and cutting out certain things in your life just because you chose to, you know, go off and live in the van. Were there any like specific concrete things that just weren't an option for you to engage with um, that were cut out as a result of it? Yeah. So uh, I think people like I had, I had a lot of friends um, that kind of turned on me in a way that, you know, friends that I thought were friends really just talked negatively about my whole journey and um, just who I was and whatever, or they thought that they thought that they knew me or whatever. And um, I had to really just surround myself with people that ultimately wanted the best for me. Um, and I just remember having people in my life being like, dude, you are crazy. This is so stupid. How can you do? And I'm like, you know what? I do not need that energy around me. Like, and this is where I feel like so many people struggle because it's so human and natural to struggle with this, right? Like we don't, as people, we don't want to disappoint anyone. So no, it's not a good feeling. And so that's what I mean by like the noise of life and how do you get away from that noise and the people and the bad energy and all that. It's by getting back to who you are because, you know, I think societally, like we conform into maybe someone that we're not. And so getting back to your North star. And I think when you really do that, when you really try to kind of eliminate negative energy, whether that's through like watching Netflix or, you know, watching stuff that doesn't empower you to become the best version of yourself, then it becomes easier and easier to kind of listen to that North star because the more noise that you have, um, the harder it is. And, um, I think, yeah, just getting rid of some, some negative energy when it comes to like friendships in my life and, um, really just, valuing the good friends and the good people that I had in my life. Yeah, that makes sense. And you kind of hit on this earlier in the podcast, but um, obviously you and I both went to Unionville, which is a super type A school. So do you think you even really picked the original North Star of being like type A achievement go-getter? Or was that game kind of just instilled in you as a North Star? And this was like the first time that you really picked one for yourself. Um, I think it was a muscle, like the mental muscle is grown over time. Right. And, um, uh, I think it is something that I have grown over the years. Like a year ago, I went to Tanzania after I quit my corporate job on like a self, you know, celebration of life trip where I just, you know, left by myself 40 days in a third world country, climbed Kilimanjaro. And I never in a million years would have thought that I would ever have the, the ability to do that or to just feel comfortable or to have the guts. Right. But I have kind of grown that muscle, that mental muscle over time. And, um, I think, you know, small efforts each day then kind of enable you to kind of be able to be more bold in your decision-making to be more confident in who you are. And, and this is what I mean, like the van life and all of this, you know, this, this whole kind of, uh, journey that I'm on has empowered me to make a lot of the decisions that I'm going on today. 
you know, I am now training for a full Ironman. And, you know, that's eight months and nine months of dedication to, you know, 20, 25 hours a week. Like if I, I've worked on this mental muscle of telling myself that, um, you know, I am my own, own limit. Like we put our own limits on ourselves and I try my best to like break through those limits because I know like there's so many limitations that we as people kind of put in our own brains. And, you know, this is a, something that I have grown over time uh, that I didn't have in, 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 in middle school or high school or even college. Like I did not have that. This is something that is a lifelong journey of just like trying to break through your biggest and, and to reach your fullest by potential. And that's by making small efforts each day. So like when I'm stranded and, you know, I have, there were moments where I was stranded in the middle of Utah with no, like my car would break down or my, and I would just have like nothing. And I would just kind of have to adapt to whatever situation and to be able to think like very, you know, strategically all that. And so like those small moments have enabled me to be like, Oh yeah, dude, like you're going to go to Tanzania and you're going to be okay. Because from what you've done in the past, like that's only given you the confidence to be able to do that. And 20 days, I'm going to Ecuador and I'm going to be working remotely there and I'm going by myself and I'm going to a country that English is not the primary language. And, you know, I'm staying at a hostel with other uh, backpackers, all that stuff. And again, all of this would not be possible without kind of everything that I've done before. It's a mental muscle that I have kind of worked on growing and that I tried that I like very like I very much try to work on this muscle because I think growth is like, like honestly such a point of life. Like if you're not growing, then like, what are you doing? Like, and I love to grow. Personal development is like a passion of mine. And so coming on here, being able to talk about my story and how it can help you is like something that I like truly in my heart love to do because I think so many people, people are capable of doing so much more, whether that's again, on a physical level, or being able to like nurture the relationships more, whatever that is. Like, I think we are capable as humans to do so much. And the only thing that stops us is ourselves. So it's been a lifelong journey. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, so just to, to kind of bring this back all together for, for maybe the listeners. So, you know, you, you leave your finance job, you go travel the country uh, in the car to start. Maybe we can get to eventually the fact that you live in probably one of the coolest mobile home slash bus situations. I, I call it a mobile home because it's like, it's more homey than it is bus. If you actually see it um, and everyone can check out Mike's Instagram. We'll, we'll link to it in the show notes and in the bio. So you can check out what he's actually working with. Um, I would definitely like to get to the bus at some point and kind of how that came together just because it's a cool story. But um, I just kind of want to go back to the moment um or maybe the beginning stages of, of when you started out on this new life for yourself and maybe how you dealt with a little bit of like the social pushback from that. Because I think that's one of like always the first thing that comes to my mind when I, when I think about your story and your life, it's like, cause I just put myself in your shoes. Like if I were to just drop everything I was doing right now and, you know, go just do a total 180 and live a totally different life. Um, especially too, like you tell everyone, you know, I'm traveling the country. I'm quitting my, my high prestige, high status job. I'm going to live in a bomb to renovate this bus. It's like, it's so much for people to take in and it's so jarring to what like their conception of you is and was. And I think for a lot of people that feels like 
that feels threatening. So maybe that's why you got a lot of that pushback. But if you could just kind of talk about like how you dealt with that for one, and then kind of how your relationships have evolved from, you know, starting this new kind of chapter of your life. Yeah, no, I, I appreciate that question because I think, again, it goes to so many people are going through this for individuals that kind of have made a 180, whether that's from being a doctor and then they're doing a complete 180 to something else, you know, whatever that is, right? Um, and, you know, so many people struggle with it. I get DMs all the time of people that are just looking for an outlet or someone to talk to. And because it's scary, right? Like jumping outside of your comfort zone is a very scary process. And, you know, I am the first, like, I will say, like, I have had so many moments where that noise has gotten to me. Like, I would be lying if I sat here and said, oh, so-and-so, it didn't affect me. Or, oh, yeah, I knew 110% like this was the right path. Like, dude, there are still moments where I am like thinking, holy crap, dude, like you have made some big decisions. And that I don't think that'll ever go away. I don't think it'll ever go away. You're always going to kind of think the what if, but I have no regrets. I have zero, zero regrets because success isn't just the dollar figure. I have grown so much as a person. And for that, I am so incredibly thankful. I know more about myself that I never, like, I never thought that I would kind of, you know, be here and, and to be so grounded in who I am and to be that, have the confidence that I have. And it's all, and so that, like, there's no dollar sign that can be like, oh yeah, dude, this was a right decision because I'm now making X. No, I can't. And I, I can't say that, you know, but I can say like, you know what? I've grown. I've learned so much. I've seen the world and a whole different perspective that I never thought I would ever have the ability to. I've met people. I have relationships from, you know, so many states and so many countries and I have freedom. And you know what? Freedom is pretty priceless. Um, you know, here I'm in Florida. I'm visiting my grandma. I'm, I'm meeting up uh, on Friday for, for work with my team. And, you know, I think freedom is priceless. And so going back, like, I think it's just you have to you have to ask yourself questions like, well, where can I be my best self? Where am I most aligned with my purpose? Where am I am I passionate about what I'm doing? Do I like what I'm doing? Am I looking around at my colleagues? Do I want their job? Like those were the questions that I had to ask myself, right? It's like keep taking it another layer, right? Because like, if I keep walking this path, like this will be the life that is you know that's waiting and so it is a never-ending journey um but i think when you know what's important in life and that's why i keep bringing up this north star and this internal compass that kind of takes you there if you have your north star aligned then you can be the person that you want to be and ultimately um I just felt like that path, like I just felt like I was called to take a different path. And you know what? What's the worst thing that could happen? Like I literally left and like, yeah, man, well, this is a, they like they offered me a sabbatical. I'm like, nah, like I, I just I don't need this dark cloud over my head. Like I really appreciate it. And they did everything that they could to kind of 
keep me. And I was honored and I'm blessed to be able to say that. But they always are like, all right, man, well, like that door's open for like if you ever want to come back. So I'm like, okay, well, like, what do I have to lose? And so it always just goes back to like, where are you happiest? And again, you can listen to the noise and you can continue to kind of go with the grain. But the best thing I ever did was go against the grain. Um, so, yeah. So I guess um, one thing I want to kind of get at and clarify is like your North Star has become happiness. And I feel like happiness is such a tricky word. And so it's like almost it can mean so many things that it's tough to know exactly what it means. So for like Mike Berlatos at this point, like is happiness more contentment? Is it stillness? Like what are the moments that you're most happy now that you're able to take advantage of as a result of the van life? I'm glad, I'm glad you asked this question because I absolutely agree. Um, to say that I'm happy all the time is complete BS. Like, no, I'm not. I still struggle. Like I will be the first one to say like, I still struggle quite a bit. Uh, but I also like happiness are like moments, right? Like I can be happy and stuff, but like joy is something that I feel like is like more of a longer period. And like, like I feel like I have a lot of joy now and um, I want to go back. because So I, I journal a lot. It's super important to me. And um, I don't know if you guys have heard of the, um, the be do have mindset. Um, and it's essentially, it's like, a, um, it's a, where you can gain clarity, um, as to kind of, you know, just the person that you want to be and what you can do after that. And so, um, one of the th- journal entries that I've written is we all have to ask ourselves, who do we want to be? Right. Who do we want to be in this life? Right. And then our actions can then start to follow that. And so the things that I wrote, and this goes back to kind of, all of the decisions that I've made is who do I want to be? Well, I want to be grounded in what's truly important in life. I want to be a man of high character and integrity. I want to be uniquely me in a world of conformity. I want to be a man that values my friendships and my family. I want, I want to be someone who is constantly looking to grow not only physically, but mentally and spiritually. And I want to be someone that does not chase the world of esteem, the world's esteem of power, and money. And I want to lead by example. And I want to help em- um, empower other individuals to become the best versions of themselves. And so that North Star, it represents who we are as, as a person, right? And that's like our values, our passions, and our other intrinsic motivations. And so when you follow your North Star, and if you're authentic while doing it, people will naturally flow to you. And so I've had, you know, again, so many people just reach out, you know, whether that's friendships and just being like someone to talk to. I had a buddy called me um, last week and he's going through his own little, you know, this guy's a doctor in, in physical therapy. And he called me because he's going through his own, you know, his own battle right now. We all, we all go through it. And he just needed a sounding board. And I'll be the first person to be anyone's sounding board. Not about telling someone how to live their life, but it's about empowering them to kind of ask those questions like i just want to who do you want to be where are you at your happiest right and so um you know yeah so that that, that's kind of you know i'm glad that you took that another layer because happiness is you know vague but like 
that's what matters to me at the end of my life. Like if I hold to, true to those values and that alignment, then I think I'm doing a pretty, like, then that's a life well lived. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for expanding on that, Mike. Um, I guess uh, a bit, a bit of a two part question here is, is uh, how do you, how do you kind of remind yourself of that? Do you have any ways of doing it? Is it just journaling? Um, is it some sort of daily reflection? And then this, the second part of the question is because it kind of came up in that vision for yourself um, is that, you know, you, you don't want to be somebody who's just kind of chasing like status or money or whatever the next kind of hot thing is or, or what seems important in other people's eyes, but might not be important necessarily to you. I think what people could, I think what could scare people about kind of the life you live um, and maybe similar, similar kind of journeys and stories is like, you know, they, 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 you could look and say like, well, how is this guy, this guy left, uh, you know, his great finance job. How could he possibly be like successful now? Like you need money. You need, you actually, you still need these things. So like, I'm just curious, like how has getting away from the noise and like following your own path, uh, how has it actually like amplified your success and enabled you to continue to be like a really successful, um, person in, in that kind of respect? Cause I, I believe it has, and uh, I'd just be curious to know, like, how you how you've gone about that. Yeah, another another great question. So um, the financial part, right? And obviously, that's a huge part of everything, right? And the, that's probably the number one question that I get. It's like, how do you get money on the road? How do you work? How do you do it? How do you get Wi-Fi? Like, what is it that you do? And um, one of the things that again, I really try to work hard for everything that I have in my life, whether that's through my training or whatever. Um, I Work became easy, okay? I knew that I was getting a fat paycheck, whether I, how hard I worked or I, how hard I didn't work. I knew I was getting a paycheck, whether, you know, I took three vacation days or whatever. Like, it just became like, like boring in a way. Whereas like, cool, I'm making a lot of money, but like, do I feel like I'm, this like do i feel like <laughs> i don't know like it just be, and this sounds like just like so i don't know like either like being privileged or what i don't know but I, it just became like you know what this isn't that much fun anymore because i think the biggest like the journey is the that, like the most fun part and that's why i love working at startups and small teams because you're like able to see the dividends of your work and so Again, my background is in finance. I love investing. I am very financially intentional. From the minute that I started working, I, I saved. I lived at home for a little bit. Like I was intentional. And that enabled me to be like, you know what? I'm going to have this runway of my life where, yeah, I'm not going to be making as much, but like I'm going to be okay. I'm going to simplify my life. I'm going to get rid of all the bad debt, which is a car payment you know, the rent, all that stuff. And I'm going to simplify my life where I can have a very long runway to kind of see, to go high risk, high reward. And I have to be way more intentional. Like when my friends are like, hey, let's go here. Like in the back of my mind, I'm like, okay, like, does this make sense? Like I'm always constantly trying to monitor my expenditures and the money that I'm coming in. And so when I quit my, when my job, like I didn't, it was, the day I, like I turned 26, two days after. So there goes parents, health insurance. Like I have to be like way more strategic about a lot more decision-making. 
you know, uh, the bus build, you know, I'm probably in the bus build almost 40 to $50,000. But then again, I had a bunch of like entrepreneurial wins. Like I'm very, I'd like to say I'm very entrepreneurial. I found ways to kind of, you know, I sold my first bus for $50,000. I made $26,000 on that. You know, I had some, a lot of investments that were in the green. And so that enabled me. And this is why, like, if people want to go take a high risk, you have to be intentional. Like impulsiveness, okay, like, can that, can you have success with that? Sure. But like, you really have to be calculated, especially on the financial side, because you don't want to be in a decision. You don't want to be in a part of your life where, you know, you don't have money for, you know, your broken down car, whatever, because 40, 47% of people live paycheck to paycheck. And, um, it's a really concerning number. And, um, it just, yeah, like you have to be intentional and it's just like, well, how bad do you want it? And I wanted it bad. Like I want, in order for me to take this chance on myself, I wanted it bad. I remember flying from Alaska to Atlanta to sublet my apartment. I threw everything into a storage unit. I had no plan, literally no plan. But I was like, you know what? This is going to save me $1,800 a month. I don't care. Like I have to do it and I'll figure it out later. So that enabled me to then, you know, have that excess income. Then my, my, you know, my Jeep, I had a beautiful Jeep Grand Cherokee, but I was had, you know, I, I put down, I think 10 on it and I was financing, you know, 20. I was like, okay, got to get rid of this expense. Like this is not, I don't need this. And so the financial part is obviously the elephant in the room. It's what everyone wants to ask, but it just, you know, it comes back to, what are skill sets that you're really good at? How can you monetize in the meantime? You know, I'm in, I joined a startup last year from June to February of this year. I ran out of funding. We did not do well. I had to go back to the drawing board where, you know, we were completely bootstrapped and, you know, sweat equity and I was not monetizing. And um, I had to go back to the, you know, go back to the drawing board. As much as I wanted it to work, it didn't. And then I had the opportunity to join the health and wellness space. Just spent the summer in Fall Nantucket. We're, you know, we're expanding. We're opening up a retreat wellness club in, in Mexico. And again, and, and I'm not saying that this is going to be all good either, but I think, again, look at your 20s as like a situation in your life where you can go high risk, high reward. Um, I always have the financial background to fall back to. And networking. Oh, my gosh. The networking, like if I were to give any college student advice or anyone that's going through like career, whatever, it's networking, networking, networking. It is huge. Um, you never know who you're going to meet and what opportunities arise. Um, and I think that is the most underrated and undervalued skill that college students and people uh, should really double down on because networking has enabled me to have a lot of the things in my life that I have. Yeah, totally. Um, we, we kind of actually, I mean, we did just discuss this last week. We were discussing a lot of career stuff and networking came up. Um, just to kind of maybe expand on that. Is there anything, any kind of core insight or, or tactical lesson people you can tell people about networking? Absolutely. Uh, just be, this is going to sound ridiculous. Let's just be, a, just be a good human. I mean, oh my gosh, people gravitate towards good energy. The reason why I was able to get a job at BlackRock was that when I sat across as a you know a fresh college student, I'm talking to these people as if they're people and not as if they're like up on like a pedestal. I'm like, 
how are you? How's your family doing? How's everything? They're great. Like people love that energy. People are drawn to that. I feel like as humans, we are literally made to connect and to, and to just be around just like good energy, good people. And so I think like just being the person that I am. And then again, I've had, I've had, I don't have to do like any special thing or like, if you're just authentically yourself and you're not trying to be someone you're not, I think that really is just so valuable. Like when I'm in my one-on-ones, when I was at, okay, I'll give you a, a perfect example of this. I, at BlackRock, this was like my last couple of months at the firm and I was blessed to speak to over 1500 people at a town hall about the importance of community in the workplace and how valuable community is, especially in COVID. And I was the youngest person by like 15 years on this call. I was the only associate surrounded by like a bunch of managing directors. And I talked about the importance of community. And then again, this goes back to like the EQ, IQ part. And I talked to my heart and I was able to really make an impact. And after that call, I had so many people reach out to me and be like, you know what, man, this was amazing. Your leadership style is beautiful. We're lucky to have you. And I never in a million years would have thought that like this would be as valuable as being like, hey, here's this PowerPoint deck that I made. It has this numbers, blah, 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 whatever. Figure out ways that you can make a difference. All of us have unique skill sets and gifts. And the more that we use those gifts, the, I think, happier we will be, the more energy that we will have, right? And um, yeah, like that's kind of, like just be you, be authentically you and figure out ways to be just a good, genuine person. And that's also just, cares about people like i i feel like i truly do care a lot like about people and people feel that and i want them to feel that i want them to feel known i want them to feel known i want them to feel heard because in this world today i think that gets lost yeah so i think you've kind of hinted on kind of like what's next and what the future will hold with like this new understanding of yourself and kind of uh view of society and kind of like culture and so what does the next five or 10 years look like for Mike? Um, or are you still kind of trying to figure that out one day at a time? You know, I think I say this a lot to people. I think anybody who says they have life figured out is just BSing you. No one has life figured out. You could be 40 years old and be a successful CEO and all that stuff. Like, we're still trying to figure life out. Like, we have our own internal struggles and things that keep us from feeling like we're not our reaching our fullest potential, all of that. Uh, I had to do this actually as, um, you know, in my year end and it was, you know, writing out my five, 10 year goals. And I, I think it's important. I think the, uh, the foundation of that is important. Like, you know, we're on a high level. Where do you want to be? Who's the person that you want to be? Who can you be proud of? I think all of that is good exercises. Uh, but as you know, when expect when reality does not meet expectations, that usually leads to disappointment. And um, you know, I try to have a foundation. And for me, it's like if I can stay true to this North Star, then I'm doing like I'm doing okay. Like I could be wherever, but if I still feel good about all of those things that I wrote down, then I'm doing pretty good. And so, again. I want to continue to be the best person that I can be. When I wrote this journal, I go, well, what do I want to get out of it? And 
my first journal, you bought this journal today in hopes of becoming a better you. This and has always will be the constant pursuit. If you're not growing, then what are you doing? What are you achieving? Focusing on growth is something that can be challenging, yet so beautiful. And I want to continuously grow. Um, I have many weaknesses and I want to overcome them. I want to see what I'm capable of. And so right now, the big thing in my life right now is training for a full Ironman. Um, it's taking up a lot of time, energy. It's having me be more disciplined socially, my nutrition, all that stuff. Like that is the thing that's my eight, like my focus for this year. Um, you know, it's July of 2023. Like I cannot see the light at the end of the tunnel right now at all. Right. I got like seven months of, you know, a lot of work. And so one day at a time, you know, it's, you can get very overwhelmed by thinking big picture stuff, but if you start viewing it, as like building blocks. Well, what can I, what can I do today? Right. That can get me to that, that end result. Um, so I'm still trying to figure it out, Drew. Um, but I'm like really happy with where I'm at in life right now. And then I'm able to kind of pour into people along the way. But like, there's, I still have struggles, man. Like I'm like, there's, this year has been a lot about like, all right, do, should I be a life coach on the side? Like I would love to be a life coach um, and to be able to like empower people and to sit with people on like a one-on-one basis and to be able to kind of just like, collaborate and to think of ways of how we can you know achieve a better you like that's something that i'm wrestling with uh a lot and so i think life presents different opportunities and times for you to for to kind of tap into whatever different areas of your life that you want to get into and i've just accepted that like you know what maybe that's not this the moment right now right like maybe that's just like not the time and, but it's good to like have the awareness of that and to kind of have the awareness of this is something that you possibly could be wanting to do. Um, but yeah, man, that's how I would answer Just, you know, one at a time, but like obviously having a foundation of like, and some like some positive goals um, is, is, is very healthy as well. But I think finding a balance yeah. in between is where um, that's the healthiest. Yeah, it seems like in a way, previously your goals were more external and like outcome based out in the world. And now they're much more internal, like identity based. Um, you think that's like a fair assessment? It's like you're kind of working on yourself and your identity and the things out in the world would just kind of take care of themselves. Instead of setting, I wanna be in this place in, in Black Rock or this place in a startup. It's like, if I get the identity right and I get my mind right, then those things will just kind of happen. Wow, I uh, really appreciate that comment because you're right. And I never kind of really like looked at it through that lens. Um, I couldn't agree more. And I am very thankful to kind of have learned a lot of this stuff that I've learned earlier on in my life. Like, I think sometimes people kind of, not that I have it all figured out because I don't, but like a lot of the stuff that I feel really grounded in, like, I'm glad that I've had like a stronghold of that at, at 27 years old. That you know, when I'm 40 or 50 years old after all of this life given to whatever that is, and I'm not, like, I look back and I'm like, dude, what? Like, what? Like, what were you doing? What were you thinking? Um, and that's what, like, I think, you know, as I grow older and older and older, 
I think with this foundation, it'll only better serve me to be the person that I want to become. But, um, yeah, yeah, I appreciate you saying that, man, because uh, sometimes I feel like I'm not doing, I'm like the, my hardest critic. I am like my hardest critic. I never think I'm doing enough. I'm always doing something. Um, and sometimes that like is not healthy. Like it's not healthy that I'm always like, go, go, go. And I introduced yoga into my life this year and meditation into my life this year. And these are all things that have helped me immensely. Breath work, you know, I just got done a breath work session last week and it was amazing. And these are things I never thought that I would do. Um, but it's so healthy for me because I am very much type A, go, 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 try to fill up my plate with as much stuff as possible. And like reading and journaling and the mindfulness and all that stuff, like that helps me so much because I am just moving at 110 miles per hour a lot and so slowing down for me is really hard and that's why I really try to do it and to practice it into my daily life yeah Mike I definitely echo what what uh Drew said there I think that's always been also my perception of you from the outside is this guy who is very internally focused and working on that aspect of his life and to, to me, at least, it's always seemed like the, the good things that I've been able to to see you do um, have seemed like a, a real product of, of also being kind of privy to this um, evolution that you've gone through internally just from some of our conversations we've had. So um, I think to me, I've always seen it that way, too, from the outside of like kind of understanding what your inputs were there in terms of like internal work and then being able to see like whether it's through Instagram or just talking to you, like what the actual outputs of, of that are. So that relationship has always seemed really strong to me. Um, and I think it's really helpful for people to hear you kind of explain that, like for you, for the first person, like it's, it's maybe not as, as, as clear. And like, it, it does take you, you do have to constantly work to kind of see things in that way. Um, I think that's really helpful to know. Um, I'm, I'm curious. It, I, I've been thinking about it since you explained, uh, since you were talking about that talk you gave on community and how intentional you've been with your finances on the road. Um, did you have to have a shift in kind of your mindset of, of like this person that you thought you were like, just personally, like, this is something I, I struggled with, with, um, you know, I've talked about it on here before, but like went to school for nutrition, went to grad school for nutrition, dropped out of grad school. I'm now, you know, doing a totally different thing with my career, um, working in, in tech and, and doing some other things. And um, the really hard part about that was like shaking this kind of concrete idea of like, I have myself like, no, I, I do nutrition. And that's like all I'm skilled enough and, and know how to do. And I, I can't really venture into these other things. Um, did you have to kind of break that for yourself and be like, I'm not Mike, the finance guy. Like I have these other things that I can do and these other ways that I can, I can grow myself and my career and the person that I am. Um, how has that, how has that been for you? Cause it seems like to me, like you've done a really great job of like combining those skills with these other, like, like the EQ kind of aspect um, of yourself. I was wondering, has it been as easy for you to be like this fluid and how you've changed as, as like your identity or, or has it been more of a struggle? Great question, James. Um, 
and it's, it's again, it's a struggle that I still have. You know, I I worked my butt off to get all the licenses that I was able to get and studied a lot. And I remember days when I was in the library, head down after work and putting in a lot of time. And I say that because um, with those licenses, you get like a two-year lapse, right? And um, if, you're, if they're not active under like a financial institution, then you essentially have to, they just become non-existent and uh, you have to like retake the exam. And so November of this past year, I hit my two years and I'm like, wow, like this moment in your life was like the biggest thing at the time. Like it was something that you felt extremely aligned to. Um, You felt like you had a direction as to where this was going and life took a different way. And I was, you know, I remember being like, I want to be a financial planner. Like I want to be someone that sits down with people and makes a difference in people's lives like that way. Um, there was also a time where I wanted to change Wandering Bus Dude to Wall Street Bus Dude. If you go back to some of my old, old videos, I came out with two episodes and I was like, Wall Street Bus Dude, I'm going to change this into teaching about financial literacy. Dude, the struggle always remains. But I, again, this is why like journaling is so important and just going back to like, okay, like, do you actually like to do this? Did you actually like the process of talking about finance finances? Did you like, you know, creating these videos? Did you like, Uh, Could you see yourself doing this? Like, did you have energy doing this? Did you feel like this is something that you wanted to do? Like, keep taking layers and layers and layers. And I say this because I still, again, have struggles. But I always go back to it served a beautiful purpose in my life. You know, like all of that financial knowledge that I studied for, it helps me now with my own personal finances. So what is the perspective that you're looking at it? Are you looking at it in a perspective of, career and like your identity and career or it's like no like all those moments where i like study like now i know what municipal bonds are now i know what a roth ira is now like that's only helped me with me and my development as again as a person so i always try to think moments in life and even people they serve purposes in our lives we are the we are who we are today because of everything that we've been through, whether that's the good, the bad, the in-between. I've been in relationships that have broken my heart and stuff. And yeah, again, you can play the victim mentality or you can play the victor mentality. And what is this teaching me? How is this shaping me? What am I learning from it? Because in those moments, there's opportunity. And so for you, James, you know, it's like, well, what did you learn? How is that helping you today? You know, now I'm in a role where I wear many different hats in a startup where that financial knowledge is really important. That business development skills that I have is really important. That emotional intelligence, all that stuff, like that has all played a role into who I am today. And the more that you accept that and kind of like internalize that, you'll be more okay with, you know what? It's okay. Because one of the things, another two words that have been a theme of 2022, let go. The more that we can let go, the better off we'll be. Maybe that, you know, especially mentally, because our past can haunt us, all that stuff. But like, what do we have today? We have this moment right now, this moment right now. And so sometimes it's very natural to get hung up in the past and how things have kind of, you know, what things have happened, all that stuff. But James, you would not be the person that you are today without everything that you have been through. And so, you know, I don't, scars is a a strong word, but like, 
you know, a lot of people have a lot of trauma, right? And a lot of things that are very hurtful, but you know what? Like, not to negate anything that everyone's been through, but like your scars make you into the person that you are today. And sometimes that trauma causes you to be more empathetic, right? Right? Like now you can, like for me, last year I went through a breakup and it, it hurt me incredibly hard. And now, you know, we were just talking about our friend, um, you know, we'll name drop, but now he's someone that is now coming to me and to another buddy of mine for help and for wisdom. And now I'm able to pour into his life. And so there's opportunity in everything. And accepting that all of our past makes us into the person that we are today is a beautiful thing in itself. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and and to, to kind of answer answer your question that I think you kind of asked me a little bit there was like, what, what have I kind of taken from that? It's like, um, yeah, I was talking to Drew about this uh, last week or the week before, which is like, yeah, I don't use any of the things I learned about nutrition in college or in grad school in a career aspect, but it still plays a major role in my life every day. It's one of um, the highest ROI skills I have. It's something I'm very grateful to still have because um, I know like just learning how to, knowing how to eat healthy and navigate um that part of life is something people struggle massively with. So I, you know, I, I feel very, I feel very grateful for having that, that knowledge and the, those skills and which is um, I think really important for me to say, cause there, there was a time when I was like very almost resentful of, of those having those skills and that knowledge of coming from a point of like, damn it. Like I, I spent, I spent too much time learning this or too much time doing this when I should have been doing something else. Yeah. And now I can look back at it and say like, no, there, there's like so many great things that, that came out of that, that still impact me today. And um, it's kind of like what you said, like let go and, and being more being deliberate about like what you attach yourself to also like, and, and just like yeah. kind of cultivating that non-attachment to um, whether it's physical things, you know, material possessions, like in your case, and then also in your case, just kind of these, this, um, you know, more these like psychological structures of, of what you should be or what you should be doing, things like that. Um, so I think that's, that's really huge. And I just want to say like, dude, you should be like so incredibly proud of yourself because you had the awareness that I need to make a decision to that better serves me and to take that leap and to and to make all of those decisions like i remember in school you had you had taken some time off and those decisions are so hard to do but dude like there is so much confidence there man and like making those decisions like is going to and is i'm sure is currently like it's only better serving you because again like all of those things like taking a risk taking a chance looking into, you know, all that, like that will only grow you, man. And, um, I think you should give yourself a lot of credit, a lot of credit because so many people don't make decisions to better themselves or, or just become complacent or just do things because it's the thing that I've always been doing. And because there's, there's no other way I give you so, I, I just want to give you so much credit, man. 
Yeah, thank you so much. I mean, I, I'm sure you feel this way too. And I totally, what you're saying makes total sense. Yeah, it's in the in the moment, I guess for anybody listening who who maybe it's like you're thinking about make, taking a, a risk, whether it's in just your career or, or relationships you have or life. That I, I remember like the day I decided to just like drop out of grad school. Like I, I had no plans for what I was going to do after that career-wise. I, I, it was terrifying, but um. And and the kind of the ground underneath my feet was, uh, I guess, the shakiest it's ever been in my life. And now it's funny, like those, those when I look back at kind of those moments, like that's probably the biggest risk I've taken. And there's been other, you know, smaller risks. Um, that ground that was so shaky has like, in all cases, has just solidified and become like the sturdiest thing that I have to to stand on and, and make progress um, for further things. I, I'm, I'm, I think I, you would probably say the same for, for your own experience, but I think it's just really important for people to know. It's like in the moment of those decisions, the perception is um, th- things seem a lot scarier than than they probably will end up being. Right? Yeah. Go ahead, Drew. Yeah, and I think also some like two things to keep in mind too is that we oftentimes look at college majors as only good for the outcomes that they beget. And so you enjoyed studying nutrition. I know we've had plenty of conversations about this. You like the topic. And obviously, you learned a lot of things along the way in nutrition school. So, you know, you had this passionate avenue to learn a bunch of life skills, and you enjoyed four years of doing it. So I think we get caught up in thinking, oh, well, it didn't create an outcome of working in nutrition, so it's useless. But I, I think that's kind of the wrong way to look at it. And then the second thing is, you can only connect the dots looking backwards. You can't connect them looking Dude, forwards. I was so, just about to say that. Yeah, I was just yeah. about to say that. I'm so glad you did, man. It's yeah. so true. Uh, I'm pretty sure like Steve Jobs said that it is a commencement speech at Stanford. Yep. And it's just like, wow, like that is, yeah, it's so true. Like you look back at your life and all of these moments and even high school and all this stuff, they were such big moments at the time, Right. Like, I remember I really wanted to go to college at Charleston. I didn't get in. I'm like, my life's over, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, okay, dude. Like, life has a beautiful way of working itself out, and it's going to be okay. You know, growth doesn't come from comfort zones. You have to be comfortable with the uncomfortable. And, you know, for you, James, like, in the moment, it, of course, it's such a scary decision. Of course. But just does, just because it's a scary decision doesn't mean it's the wrong one. Right. It's like kind of like a breakup, right? Where you feel like, you know, that you have to break up with someone, whatever. It's like, yeah, it's going to suck. Yeah. You're going to miss this person, whatever, but you still kind of know what's best for you. Right. It's like people, there's this, uh, there's, I follow Jay Shetty. He's a former monk and he's a big, you know, um, guy on Instagram. He talks on like self development and it's like people would rather sign up for the familiar pain than the unfamiliar pain. And it's so true. It's like, I know that, I'm like, it's like someone that's going to be, you know, in a relationship that might be like verbally abusive, whatever. It's like, I, well, I know that this is happening. Right. But if I go into the uncharted territories, that's the unfamiliar pain. And I think we do that all the time. Right. Whether that's something like that or like, you know, training for an Ironman. Right. Like, I have no idea what this journey is going to entail, but like, it's the unknown. But, you know, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Yes, yeah, so I walking. think I'm just going to be charging my laptop, but keep all good. I'm good. Yeah. So I think kind of moving um, towards the end of the pod, like focusing on some applications. Um, 
So if somebody were to kind of have the same goals in mind of finding their North Star and really trying to get to know themselves, do you think the best way Mm -hmm. to go about that is to kind of jump off the deep end? Or are there more kind of like bite-sized ways that you've discovered since taking this risk that you think that people could kind of test the waters? Or is testing the waters not worth it? You should just go right for it. Like I said, I think, you know, going back to what I was saying earlier, like it's all small decisions that we make or that we can make in our daily lives. Um, You know, there's this, I think one of the things that people want to figure out is like, what are they passionate about? Right. Like I'm not passionate about this. There's nothing that I'm passionate about. Like passion is a word that is used a lot. And I love this frame, this way of looking at it Um, because people, people have a hard time understanding, well, what am I passionate about? Right. Or like, what do I like to do? And it's like, well, where do you get your energy from? Right? Like talking with you guys, I feel fired up. I love talking. Like I'm engaging. When I was speaking in front of, you know, the Pike guys, you know, 150 guys last, I was like fired up. There was energy there and it naturally came. Right? And it's also like when I'm on the road or I'm around a campfire, like that's like some of my like most joyful moments. And so if someone... It's trying to figure out what they like, what they don't like. Well, what do you like? Where do you feel like your best self? Where do you get your, like, I love running. Running is a huge outlet for me. And it's very meditative and therapeutic for me. And it's my my quiet time, all that. But I feel, I love that feeling that I get when I'm running and after running. So the small steps are simple stuff like that. If people are trying to figure out what do I like to do? what, What can I, you know, don't always think monetization. Like we need hobbies to stay sane and to be, to have outlets, right? Like just because I freaking love to run doesn't mean I want to be like a runner or an endurance coach, but it's like, it's something that's very important to me. Photography. I love shooting photography because it's a way to capture life's beautiful moments and to, you know, capture just like life and all that stuff. Like it's a hobby. It's, it's therapy for me. And so, um, I guess you have to ask yourself, well, like, what's the end goal? Are you trying to find more peace in your life? Are you trying to monetize and quit your day job? Like, it just like, goes back to like, well, wh- who do you want to be? Like, what is it that you want? And uh, then you can start to kind of align certain action steps. Um, but I, I love the energy thing where it's like, do things that bring you energy. And the more that you do that, I think the better you that you'll be able to be. Yeah, Mike, I, I totally agree. I think energy, I, and I've heard so many other people talk about this, like n- not saying that it's not like an original point. I, it's just, it seems like a common thread through a lot of people who I look up to, um, you definitely being, being one of them. I've heard talk about this and like how they've kind of found stuff to do. I personally found, um, and I, I came to this actually after reading the book, um, the 80-20 principle by um, Ray Koch, I believe. I, that might not be his first name. Um, but 80-20 principle, great book. And I wrote out, I did this little journal prompt um, for like 30 days in a row where I just asked myself three questions, which was, what did I enjoy doing today? What did I not enjoy doing today? And then what did I find interesting today? And it's amazing how out of tune you can actually be with what you do and don't enjoy. Like I would find myself writing down things from the day that I actually realized I enjoyed doing that I would have never in a million years thought to do like, and it can be simple 
almost like mundane things. Like I was, I was literally researching something um, about how privacy, internet privacy policies differ. This was for work differ between the U S and, and Europe. And I was just like engrossed in it. And I was like, that's interesting. Like, why was that such an interesting thing to, for me to do? Cause I would have never just on a weekend decided to do that. And it's also interesting and really enlightening to find out how many things you engage in that you don't enjoy doing. I think that's also important for people um, to know. I think that one's a little bit easier to pick out because you don't like feeling bad. Um, but kind of on what you're saying is like, what gives you energy? And I think people, and just speaking from my own experience, are kind of woefully out of tune with what that is, unless you do the work to reflect on it and figure it out. It's a really worthwhile access. It sounds so obvious when you say it, but then if you actually think about it, there's a lot of work there to be done for, I think, like a lot of people. Totally. And um, I think that is just, it's so true, man. And I think also the most successful people, um, and again, success, I, it's funny, when I, when I would interview people at BlackRock, I would ask them, what's your definition of success? And I thought that answer that they would give me would be kind of telling us to kind of the character, not that one question uh, describes someone's being, but it just kind of gave me a little bit of a, uh, an idea as to kind of who that person is. And so, you know, I think when you turn like education over entertainment is something that I think is really important. Because we can always find those like that short term fulfillment, right? Like Netflix, turning on like, is that gonna be like short term more fulfilling? Probably than like picking up a book and like reading a self help book. Like, yeah. And so I I think that educational piece, whether that's through doing what you're doing, writing, like you love to write, and that's amazing. That is so valuable. Reading, so valuable. Journaling, all of those things are so incredibly valuable and all different types of forms of education. And I actually wrote this um, on my, like what you said about how many people are not in tune with what they're doing. I go, and I wrote this, I go, if life is so short, why do we do so many things we don't like and like so many things we don't do? And it's like, I'm so guilty of that. And everything that I try and write and, and preach to people is things that I try to apply in my own life. Um, and sometimes it helps me to be more aligned with what I'm saying when I also speak about it as well. And I just was like, dude, like sometimes I'm mindlessly scrolling on Instagram and I know that this isn't healthy for me. I know that this isn't providing any value for me. Why am I doing it? I don't like to do this. Like, I don't like to do it. It's just like, and we're, you know, let me like drinking. I don't like to drink. I don't like what it does to my body. Every now and then, do I love a glass of wine? Yes. But like, am I going to kid myself and be like, and, you know, to start, you know, drink? Like, no, I don't like to drink. So why do I, like, why do I feel like sometimes I need to do it? And it's like, well, probably because it's like more of a thing, you know, to be 27 and a dude and to, be, you know, that's a lot what people do is to, to drink and have a good time, whatever. But for me, I don't like to drink. I don't like what it does to my body. I don't like the the feelings that I have the next morning. I am not the best version of me when I am drinking more and smoking all that. So why do I do it? And it's because of that, like that short term satisfaction, right? Over the long term, like we kind of just like 
would rather sign up for the short-term fulfillment than like the long-term. And that's something that I try to train my brain as much as I can to kind of just focus on like that long-term. Yeah. I want to hit on one of the things that you said, which is um, why don't we do the things that we like? And I think this is something that James and I have talked about a lot recently, and it's just dropping the expectations for a lot of the things that we like um, because we create this vision of what doing the thing we like will be like in our heads. And it's almost better to live in that fantasy world instead of encounter like the failure or the uh, boring parts of the things that we like. And so it's almost like there's this term maladaptive perfectionism. And it's you're such a perfectionist that you're allowing your vision of how it should be completely color um, the efforts. And then you're just never going to be satisfied. So Mm -hmm. it's dropping a lot of the, uh, the expectations. And a personal anecdote that's kind of funny is I bought this DJ set, right? And I was just going to like be mixing beats in my free time and all of that, uh, just as like a way to completely mess around. Like, I'm not going to go off and become Tiesto or something. And I noticed myself not using the DJ board because I was like, well, I like really suck at it. I'm like, isn't that the point? And then once I was just like, all right, let's just sit down for five minutes and just like make the worst possible mix or whatever. I was just like, wow, this is so fun. Like, so I think, it's differentiating the things that are worth having a high bar for and the things that are worth having a very low bar, especially if it's a hobby. Like you should have a very low bar, at least to start. Totally, man. Right. Like with anything in life, you have to suck at something to be good at something. And if you let that, uh, you know, for me, it's, it's cool to be back in Florida. Last time I was in Florida, I started running again and I've gone through like these little waves of running. And like, it's just, I started off running like two miles, like, you know, eight thirty pace, nothing fast. And now it's cool to be like, dude, you ran a lot this year and you just ran 26 miles and 740 split. Like I never thought that I would do that, but I had to suck at something to then be good at something. And it's so like, but that's the journey. That's what makes it so special. Like that's like, if you, if everything was so easy, then like it wouldn't be fun. Right. And like, I know. And that was going back to what I was saying. I'm like, BlackRock, it just kind of became a little, like, too easy. Like, I kind of wanted to work really hard for everything that I have or, like, not take the easy easy way. Not that I took the easy way at, at BlackRock, but I don't know. I think, like, those self-limiting beliefs, it, like, it hurts people so much. And I just, like, it's just, yeah. Like, you have to suck at something to be good at something. And... I just think it's so important for people to just like acknowledge that because it's like, Oh, I can't run. I'm not a good runner. Well, then how do you become a good runner? You got to start each day. It'll get easier and easier and easier. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, so actually something based off what we're talking about right now, that might be tactical, uh, for people to take into their lives that, that drew and I, uh, Actually, totally, total transparency have not concretely done yet, but we have the the at least idea to do it that I think will be um, really helpful is Drew and I bounce stuff we want to do off each other all the time. And we 
we can both uh, endlessly too en- much endlessly. Yeah, it's amazing. <laughs> that, that friendship, that <laughs> we, friendship that you no. guys have is really special. No, we're it sometimes is. like dogs chasing our tail. <laughs> yeah, <You'll, laughs> it, no, it's it's it is very good. It's it's uh, you know no, Drew and I absolutely value the the friendship that we have. But um, what we kind of came to recently was like we 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 kind of just realized like we we would both get really excited about like starting a new hobby or to do something new. And then we wouldn't follow through with it. Um, and it's probably for reasons like we're talking about where it just becomes too big to wrap your head around. Like, oh, okay. Well, well like you get excited, like this, all this possibility, I can get good at this thing. And then it's like daunting to actually start from zero and be like, oh, and then, you, you know, maybe you try for a day and you realize, oh, this sucks. Like I'm not good at it. It's really discouraging. So we, we've kind of come up with this plan to based off what's happened with the podcast so far, where it's like, we tried, we wanted to start this couple of years ago really and we were going to give it a shot and looking back at it like we just did it we were like flying by the seat of our pants we had like no plan for how we we're going to do it this time around we we went at it um much more strategically and have been able to to really stick to it to now to the point where we're on our 10th episode of doing this and we we're just kind of reflecting with each other um like a week ago and saying like that we should be like proud of ourselves the fact that we've done this now for, for nine oh, weeks, Lord. like, and we were like, wow, 60 plus days we've been doing this. So we kind of have thought about coming up with this framework of like, from now on, like it's, it's totally cool for us, for both of us to get excited about new hobbies and new projects we want to take on. But before we do them, what we're going to do is like, we're going to just write up like one or two paragraphs of like what best case scenario is worst case scenario is of going at this thing for like a 60 day time frame because we came away from it. We're like, wow, we've learned so much just from trying to do this podcast for 60 plus days now, like just how to, you know, set up a studio like this, how to go about trying to get guests, how to write show notes, how to produce it. Like, so, and it's, that's been really motivating. So um, going forward, we're going to really try to like, for anything else we want to start just mapping out, like almost like pre-accomplishing 60 days worth of it so we can kind of get a feeling for like what would the motivation to keep going feel like if we actually went forward with this so i think that can just be really helpful for people to uh think about and maybe try for themselves if if you know like you said with running it's like if you want to you know think about it like if i just did this for 60 days and i really trained and i put together a plan it's like i might go from running you know 10 minute mile to like a 740 split you know, for, for, for more miles. So just something for people to, to kind of think about. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I think to add on to that too, one of the benefits of kind of creating that base case, best case and worst case is you can actually start to crystallize the actual benefits that will be accrued by doing something. I think a lot of times we have like these thoughts in our head of like, for example, I was think about learning French. And I was like, how cool would it be to like learn French so I could just like have a conversation if I went to France? And I'm like, once I actually sat down, I was like thinking about it. I was like, I have no use for French day to day. It's going to take a hundred hours to have a conversation. That is such wasted time. But it wasn't until I like actually evaluated it that I realized like, yeah, this would be a colossal waste of time for me. So I think it helps you create like a a range of benefits. And then you can kind of weigh that based upon the effort. Um, Obviously, it's not something that's worthwhile for me to do. Um, But I think we do this. It's a funny example, but I think we do this with a million things in our life. So totally. Right. And there's only so much time in a day. 
right? And it just comes down to priorities, right? Like for me, I have to be really disciplined in my training for moments where I'm waking up the other day, running six miles at 530 in the morning, 26 degrees out. It's the last thing I want to freaking do. The absolute last thing I want to do. But I have to be disciplined. And I've been gifted with a lot of discipline. When I set my mind to something, it's like, dude, usually game over. Because I'm just like, I've been gifted with a lot of discipline. Um, and I think, again, all of us are gifted in um, like different ways. Um, Have you always had like a high amount of discipline? Or is that something yeah. that's kind of come out? No, I think I've always had it. I've been, uh, I hate, you know, but taking it an extra layer, I don't like disappointing myself. So, mm-hmm. like, that's probably the why, like, why I'm so disciplined is, like, you're only letting yourself down. Like, if I want to quit, like, when I signed up for the for this Ironman, I journaled. It was, like, September 14th. And that day, I was on Nantucket at the beach, and I wrote my why. Like two journal entries of like my why because the shit's gonna get hard. I'm not gonna want to do this. There's gonna be moments where I'm like, I'm done. But I have to go back to my why because I think your why is so important, right? Like that's what gets you through your hard days, the good days. You know, like why you're doing everything. And um, it's just like, yeah, I think having your why is super cemented, uh, or it's, it's super important, and it should be cemented. Whether that's through starting a business, whether that's through you know, training for a race, whatever it is, like your why needs to be, you need to have a really good grasp on your why. And I just remember what I was going to say. But, you know, it comes down to priorities. What do you prioritize in life? Right? There's only so much time in a day. Right. And a lot of that time is spent working, of course. And so, you know, I was on this island uh, for a while, like surfing was a huge thing on this, on Nantucket. Like a lot of people surf. It's like the thing to do. And there are so many opportunities that presents like to myself where, oh, like learning how to surf would be super cool. Uh, but it takes like, I don't like surfing is so hard. Like it takes hours and hours and hours of like fail and get up, fail and get up. And like, is there a part of me that wants to spend that type of time to learn how to surf? Like, yeah, it'd be super cool. But I'm also like, well, do I actually like being in the water? Do I actually like being on a board, being on a wave would be like super cool, whatever. But do I actually like the process of like being out there, having a board, being in the beach or the sand, all that stuff? Like, no, I actually don't like that. Like, yeah, is it, would it be cool to learn how to surf and to be like, say like, yeah, dude, I learned how to surf this summer. Like, yeah, it probably would be cool. But do I actually like it? Do I actually like to surf? Like, would it be meditative for me to be out there with a board? Like some people love it. Like that's their time to like, connect with nature, all that. For me, it's running. It's like, no, like, I'm not going to pretend like that's my hobby. I'm just going to stick with what I know and what I like. And for me right now, that's like running, swimming, biking, lifting, uh, yoga, like, and like, I have enough hobbies, honestly, like, I don't need much more. But again, God willing, we have X amount of years where we can tap into different interests, right? Like, Drew, maybe when you're retired and you have a bunch of time on your hands, you're like, wow, it'd be really cool to like learn French. And that's why it's like, we also need to give ourselves grace because, yeah. and this is one thing that I like, because I like to do so much. It's like, dude, you need to chill. Like give yourself some grace. Like hopefully we have time where we can tap into different hobbies at different times of our lives. 
So just because the opportunity doesn't exist right now doesn't mean that that opportunity doesn't present itself in the future. Yeah, exactly. And I think it's it's funny, like with the surfing, like you said, it'd be really cool to learn. It's like, if you go another step, it's like, okay, cool to who? Is it myself? And then maybe is it other people? And then it's like, oh, wow, I learned how to surf this summer. What happens once that, once you say that to someone, they're like, wow, no way. That's so sick. Yeah. Do you like it? <laughs> like for me, no. it's, 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 yeah, it's like French. Like if I were going to learn French and go to France, it's like, oh, wow, that's kind of crazy. I didn't expect you to speak French. It's like, nice. <laughs> what happens after that, right? I'm like putting in a hundred hours to learn this language just for that moment, right? So it's funny. Because there's opportunity, there's opportunity costs in everything that we do, right? Yeah. It's like if I could be in here and watch the Eagles game that started at one o'clock and yeah, would that be fine? Sure, it'd be cool. But also like, or like, I don't watch any TV. I don't watch any TV. Uh, I sometimes watch YouTube and like travel vlogs, all that stuff. I'm like, whatever. But like, I don't watch any TV. And a lot of that is because there's opportunity costs in TV. Do I spend two hours at between my evenings at 8 and 10 p.m. watching junk on television? Or do I try to use that time progressing in other areas of my life, whether that's business, working out, doing some journaling, reading? And so there's opportunity costs in everything that we do. Everything. And so it's important to at least I have the awareness of that. And to think about, well, how can I better allocate this time and energy? Yeah, absolutely. Um, as we kind of kind of wrap things up a little bit here, I, I want to kind of bring it all together with something I read recently, actually, which was a um, a pretty long essay that David Perel wrote. Uh, he's just online writer, um, kind of uh, does a lot of different things. But um, I'll, I'll link the article in the show notes. He's got this this really great piece on uh, Peter Thiel's worldview, which, you know, Peter Thiel can be a controversial figure. Um, all, all of that aside, whatever your opinion is about him. The, the piece is really interesting because it talks about how Peter Thiel um, really tries to take a long-term view for everything and really abhors short-term thinking. And I think, Mike, you're like such a great example of long-term thinking. Peter Thiel has this, this quote where it's like, he's like the common advice, this is not verbatim, but um, he says like the common advice people get is like, you know, live each day like your last. And and what he thinks is you should do the opposite actually is live as if you're going to live for 10,000 years, build 10,000 year long relationships with people. Think about the work that you, you would like to be doing if you could live for, you know, a thousand, 10,000 years, build a kind of, build yourself into like this kind of just cathedral this this like monument of of progress in a direction that you want to go in because when you when you take that view of like almost like i'll never i'll never die this is never going to end you you can kind of tap into that long-term thinking more of like what do i want to spend an, an almost infinite amount of time doing as opposed to if you take this approach of like live each day like it's your last which i think people could almost look at you look at you and and have the wrong view of like Oh, this guy might is actually really just like a short-term thinker. Like, quit the job, that's impulsive, go hop in the bus, go travel the country. Like, what a this guy's not planning anything when it's like it's actually the exact opposite. It's you've you've gone so far out into the future of, of where you want to go. Um, so I think th that's just a really helpful lens for people to kind of just look at their own lives through and then but to also understand your story through. Yeah, man. Thank you. I really try to ask myself, are you living a life that you're proud of? 
simple as that. Uh, black and white like that. Like, what are you doing that you can be really proud of? And if I'm like stagnant and if I'm not growing and if I'm like immersing myself in, you know, bad people and drugs and alcohol, then the answer is like, no, like I am not living a life that I am proud of. Well, then how can I live a life that I'm proud of? Start doing things that are aligned with me and what, you know, brings me joy. That's how I can be proud of that life. And I think more people need to ask them. They don't, I, and I love that you guys challenge each other. Um, I have some friends that I, you know, are more on like the surface level where we don't get to experience this. Uh, but like, ultimately you guys are challenging and sharing perspectives like and that is so valuable and i think being around people that are also trying to grow is like really the secret to be achieving more because we become who we're surrounded by with and if you're around people that are just you know being more you know stagnant whatever and just like not really aligned with like you like you kind of become that person and you start doing things that aren't mo the most you know whatever the most positive or maybe necessarily in the direction that you want to go towards and i think the more that you we can have these conversations the more that we can challenge each other and to bring different perspectives the more empowered i feel to go out there tonight or tomorrow and to be my best self because I know how much it helps me when I'm surrounded by people that are also wanting more and getting after it, you know, either that's in like a runner's group or having these deep conversations. We've all experienced it. College fraternity, right? Dude, you have these conversations like say, what, what the hell are you talking about? And ultimately I think that this is what life's all about is wanting to be better and and just, you know, growing and learning from each other because there's so much to learn from every single person that we engage with. It's like, what can we take away from this person, right? It's like, even someone that I necessarily may not feel like I am aligned with on a friendship level, but if I could see how they live their life, like, okay, I'll give you an example. I was in Nantucket this summer, and Nantucket has a lot of affluent, very, very successful people. And I'm watching a lot of stuff that happens in, you know, six months. I'm seeing a whole different side of wealth, you know. I'm seeing a whole different way of life. And so I'm thinking, well, what can I learn from these people, right? It's like, okay, like what are they chasing? What What's success for them? What's important to them? And now I'm like, okay, well, like – do I like that? Can I apply that in my own life? Is that aligned with the person? Like, is that aligned with me and like the things that I want? And so even for someone that I may not necessarily mesh with or be like, oh, that's like my you know number one pal, there's still things that I can learn. It's like when you go on a, you know, dating, it's like when you, when partnerships, whatever, it's like, well, that one didn't work out, but what can I learn from it? What can I take away from it? And, um, I think if learn understanding their perspective of just like there's something to learn from everything. Um, and I really try to tell myself that. Um, and even in moments that like this makes no sense. Because I remember thinking like Nantucket, this does not fit me. I'm literally this guy that lives in a bus and I've been living this opposite side of like I've been living like this opposite spectrum lifestyle 
And now I'm about to bring this lifestyle to an island that has a lot of wealth, that has a lot of just like a lot of egos, all that stuff. But like, what can I learn from it? And also, it's really important to not generalize too um, and to make judgment because that I was guilty of that. Like, I was guilty of like, dude, Nantucket, it's not my place. I don't belong there. It's not like my people. But I've created so many amazing friendships with people. And, um, you know, that generalizing isn't fair. Like, casting a judgment isn't fair. Um, and so I think learning is just so important in everything we do and in each person that we meet. Absolutely. All right. Um, I think with that, we're going to wrap. Um, I know Drew, Drew's got a hard, hard stop coming up. Uh, but Mike, this has been amazing. Thank you so much for, for taking the time to do this. Um, and, and just kind of sharing everything that you've shared today. Uh, you've just been super generous with, you know, both your time and, uh, everything that, that, that you've learned, which, um, you know, I, I think is great because, you know, I've gotten to benefit from it. I know, I think Drew has, and, and now I think more people will get to. So it's awesome. Um, I don't know if you have any kind of just quick, quick parting words for us before we wrap here, but maybe tell people like where they can find you, um, other things like that. Anything else you might want to like plug or, or stuff like that? Yeah. So I have like my journal. It, it first started off as like a journal and then it became this more of this like public thing. But, I, you know, Instagram is wandering bus, dude. Feel free to reach out, ask any questions, anything that kind of, you know, hit home for you. I'd love to kind of talk with you, anything that you're struggling with. Um, you know, I will be there. And because I know that I needed that, you know, I know that I always needed someone to kind of be there for me. And I know how valuable it is to kind of have that for other people. So yeah, you can reach out to me there. Uh, boys, it was an absolute pleasure. It's so good to see you guys, although it is virtually, I know it's only a matter of time. Drew, I'm glad I was able to see you a couple of days ago. Um, but keep killing it, man. I mean, seriously, this is, this is awesome, right? Like this is an outlet for you guys. And, um, I'm just really thankful to be a part of it. And if you guys need anything in the near future, ever need someone to talk to, hopefully, um, I'm someone that comes to mind and I'll be there for you, but, um, keep up the amazing stuff. You know, you guys are doing it, you're living it and, uh, just keep leading by example. Awesome. Thank you, Mike. Yeah, this will definitely not be our last conversation. Definitely be staying in touch. And, um, I think something that you said was that, um, nobody has it figured out, but I think you are definitely far along on that process, especially mm -hmm. given your age. So keep doing what you're doing, man. Look forward to future conversations and hopefully having you back on the pod in the future. Yeah, yeah man. Exci excited to, to share this and get this out. I appreciate you guys. Have a great rest of your Sunday and a great week, baby. Awesome. Thank you, Mike.